Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to 10 Years and Counting. I got Savvy on the phone. Oh, hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I realized I did not prepare you for that. No. Everything else I prepared you for, but not the intro. I'm good. Not oh, the longest wow. intro in the world. It is, but eh, that's me. Uh, oh, actually, fun fact, I think you're the first person I've had on this episode that I matched with on a dating app. So yeah. Is that true? That's so fascinating. Yeah, I no, I have not actually had. No, yeah, that is true. I'm probably one of the main people that you've matched with on a dating app that we've, we've never actually met. Yes, we matched probably four or five years ago. <laughs> yeah. <We> never met. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> and it was funny because earlier I was trying to like find trips to LA so we can make that happen this year. That'd be cool. And I, it was so funny is yes. like actually planning a trip to New York sometime soon. Oh, I mean, okay. once I so, move and get all that. Okay, so we're gonna break that, you know, five year that spell at some <laughs> point. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, today's episode is about being emotionally unavailable, something I'm an insane pro at, and I decided to attack myself in like let's say an hour or so. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> And I'm the complete polar opposite. <laughs> so. Exactly. So, yeah, so this, this that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast, because I felt like it made sense for me to talk to someone who isn't the same way I am, because then how else am I going to learn? Yeah, or how to kind of, maybe there's nothing wrong with being slightly unemotionally available, emotionally unavailable. I mean, I mean, there's a difference between slightly and then like completely. Like, I don't think that works well in any type of relationship. Yeah. First thing I wanted to bring up was sort of not talking about, oh, I guess like what would be the definition of an emotional unavailable or available person? I would say somebody who's emotionally unavailable has a hard time uh, expressing emotion to other people, uh, just in general. And somebody who's emotionally available would be obviously the opposite of that. Somebody who has really no problem sometimes they might tend to be considered like oversharers. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's also an issue that they face is not knowing when to stop expressing how they feel about things. Right. I, I actually had therapy two days ago. And one of the things that she was asking me was, do I feel connected with a lot of people? And I thought, eh, define connected. Like I can physically be connected with someone or know someone really well, but if I know someone well, but never opened up to them in a in a emotional level, I don't really think that counts. Well, for me, it doesn't. Yeah, I guess it's it's you have to kind of measure the relationship based on like what type of information do they know about you? Do they know like my best friend Andrew and me know everything about each other? I was the best man at his wedding, so nice. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I wore a suit too. It was really I was really dramatic about it. Oh, I mean, you have to be if, if you're going to be the you're going to be a man who's a maid of honor or a woman that's a best man. You have to go full out. Oh, oh it was, I mean, it was so bad. You know, they have you give you the mic to give the speeches. Um, right. They looked at me like, go ahead and go. And I said, ladies first, so that the maid of honor could go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But yeah, that's how, like me and him have always been really connected since we were like 12. So we know just about everything that, about the other person. If I died, I'd have to kill him too. Um, How is that even possible if you're hurting? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll find a way. 
So that's how I know, like I'm super connected with somebody. Other people, I tell them certain things, which I feel like are more connected, you know, but right. yeah, you just have to measure it. I guess that's how I measure it personally. I don't know how you do, but I guess it's kind of, for me, it's like, how much de- details do they know about my life and my brain? Well, I mean, that's how come sometimes I always tell people that the amount of time you know someone doesn't always equate to closeness. Because I think a friend of mine, when I was doing the mental health break the stigma challenge, I think, which was in October, my one of my friends who I've known for probably 15 years didn't know any of that about me because I just never really spoke to him about that. And it had nothing to do with not me trusting him. It's just we just didn't have that connection. Yeah, people people take real offense to when you say stuff like that. It's like a trigger warning when people you say like, oh, we're not that we weren't that connected. I don't understand what I think this whole like dating app atmosphere, you know, where it's like you have a connection. It's like, no, we looked at each other's pictures. We kind of liked each other. We swiped. It's not like oh, all of a sudden I'm going to find a soulmate, <laughs> you know, and it's the same with friends. Yes. You know, yeah. it's they, they everybody yeah. expects that we're going to be best friends. <laughs> well, no, and, and it's interesting because I think I had that conversation last week because a friend of mine were, was talking about that where um, I feel like people rush relationships more than they do friendships. And it's like weird. If I go out on a first date with someone, I don't look for a connection right away. It's like I just met you. So I'm just trying to gauge a conversation here and see how that goes. It's not like when I first meet someone randomly, it's like, hey, we're going to be best friends. It's like, no, that's going to take its time. But when it comes to dating, it feels like you need to find the spark right away. Yeah, because it's like you can be interested or in someone, but at the same time, they're not necessarily going to be a good match. You know, it's just so it's so weird, right? right. You match with somebody and then it's a disaster sometimes. <laughs> and you're just like, how? Why did we match? Like, <laughs> And it's hard. And well, you're right. We do take more time with friendships. And. I don't yeah. understand why we can't do that with dating. Why it's so hard for people to understand, hey, like, I'd rather be friends with you first. You know, obviously we're attracted to each other. We matched or whatever the case may be in terms of like mm-hmm. you ask somebody out and say, hey, let's go have a drink. Let's go to dinner. Let's hang right. out, you know, but everybody wants that like fairy tale story of like, oh, we, you know, it was. I knew when I first right met at her. the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We were so in love, and it's just like, uh, not really, man. Like, you know, you yeah. can't predict all of those things. Yeah. Um, and I know, like, one of the things I was going through when it came to being emotionally unavailable was someone who, oh, cool. Someone who hates inconveniences, commitment phobic, which, mm, oh no, inflexible and loads compromises. I read all of that and I felt like I did that all in one weekend, like not like trying it. to. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> I did, I did make a compromise somewhere. All right. So I went out with, okay. I stayed over someone's place this weekend. Um, I don't have a nickname for them yet. So <laughs> yes. So we're going to go with someone for now. So she was making breakfast and she was like, Hey, do you want tomatoes in your eggs? I was like, Ooh. well, I personally don't like tomatoes, but <laughs> I compromised and decided to say, sure, because it was also, it's also sort of new. So I don't want to come across as a picky eater. I am, 
but <laughs> that's not the point <laughs> <laughs> yeah and this scenario is like look i'm going to compromise my judgment and don't get me wrong i actually did like it so um like, Damn huh, maybe i maybe i do like tomatoes i don't know but uh so yeah i'm usually someone who would rather always try to avoid an inconvenience or something like that but i feel like if i actually like someone i'm willing to make that work yeah but would i be lying to the same i would i don't think so i mean for me i don't um i'm a i'm pretty picky at eating um yeah before me and my now boyfriend started dating i'd never ate sushi you could not get me to eat sushi that didn't just have <laughs> shrimp on it i thought sushi right. was california rolls and like those shrimp rolls i don't know what they're called the gum i don't know what they are but literally those are sushi i don't know what you're talking about that's all i eat <laughs> <laughs> and i could not eat anything that had salmon on it because i hate the way cooked fish tastes and and then it hit me right. once he was like just try it listen well when somebody else makes a compromise with me i'm like okay i'm more likely to make a compromise you know offer options i'm an options person don't just tell me this is what we're doing because then i'm gonna want to be right you know I'm going to be one of, not combative, but I'm just going to want to like say, hey, like, you know, we could eat something other than pizza, <laughs> you know, let's have some That's options true. to think about and yeah. to consider. Um, but yeah, and he was like, and if you don't like it, I'll eat the rest of it. And I was like, are you sure? And we agreed. We made a deal and I actually liked it and ended up eating half of it. So now that's the, the goal is like buy a roll. Each of us pick a roll. Then we split a roll to try. And I, so now I eat sushi and it's so freaking weird to me. I spent the first like 15, 20, almost 20 years of my life not eating it. <laughs> Honestly, eat it. I was always that I, I was always that way when it came to eating. I always pref- it was always great when someone said, hey, let's do splitsies. I was like, yes, that way I like mm-hmm. my half. And then if I don't like the other half, it's completely fine. But I at least attempted tasting exactly. whatever that was. And it's yeah. cool because you can be cheap and try different things. Instead of buying more than one plate, you just buy two plates, each of you share, and it's it's good to go. And it's interesting because that sort of doesn't feel like me being a commitment phobic using food. But yes, I can go in all in on food I've never had before because like you just don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. Because that's, that's not insane. that's not necessarily a commitment, right? That's like a that's like an opportunity not- to exploit mm. essentially. Interesting. not necessarily okay. you're committing because yeah. either you like it or you don't well, and that's well, the decision I, I am and committing that's the to final paying decision for it that's it yes exactly <laughs> and it's purchases. weird because I've, and i was thinking about it because even though i have been single for such a long time i've never really considered myself commitment phobic i just didn't like i don't like the idea that people seem to rush into the decision of commitment yeah, I mean, you're like talking to the queen of I, that. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore, not anymore, not anymore. But it right, was right. it was one of my my fortes, <laughs> areas okay. of expertise. Um, one other thing I saw was being a perfectionist or being about them, or I guess in this scenario, me. I don't know. I mean, I through therapy, I've realized I am a perfectionist. And I guess that sort of makes sense because there have been times where I was dating someone and I was like, mm, I don't know when's the perfect moment or time to know when to commit. So I just decided not to. <laughs> because I just couldn't. 
Yeah. And I don't know if that goes to perfectionist. I just, I don't know. And, and, I, and I remember I was talking with someone and I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be like the perfect boyfriend. And someone's like, well, then you'll never then be in a relationship because there's no such thing. It's like, look, I don't need that type of negativity. But then again, I guess it depends where the term perfect comes from. I mean, I think it depends on kind of how you're raised in terms of, uh, you know, being a perfectionist. Team only child is the, the Ooh, yes. quintessential developer of people who are perfectionists because unlike relationships where you have other siblings I have older siblings right there's uh, the closest age gap we have I think is like 17 years so by the time I was born okay. their lives were already started I wasn't you know so I was by myself all the time and I'm my mom's only child so it's kind of that idea of there's only you to compare yourself against you know how people say oh you're your worst enemy has never met yes. an only child because <laughs> <laughs> we are our own arch rival and arch nemesis for our entire because lives. Because we need one. Yeah, because we no don't have person, one. So. so that's why I think sometimes we tend to struggle more in relationships than people who uh, are raised around siblings because we're not really trained to interact with people our own age. We're trained to interact with people who are older than us, typically, mm. you know, because we're surrounded. Yes. I used to get made fun of because I used to talk like an adult in like elementary school because I didn't understand that that's not how kids talk. <laughs> so, you know, I didn't really use slang or any of that kind of stuff when I was younger. And so, so it's, it's different. You're, we're raised differently and we grow up building relationships in different ways. You know, I mean, like I said, we're pretty self-sufficient. So yeah, sometimes we can come off as cold and distant because it's like, mm, don't really need you. You're a choice. And I don't think people understand that. They feel like relationships yeah. are, uh, what I'm looking for, like a, like something that's like set in stone that you have to do. Uh, yeah. Like a requirement for life. To live a successful, happy life, you have to have a relationship or have to have be in a relationship long term, essentially. But relationships are a choice, you know? It's not like you have to stay with somebody, even if you have kids or whatever the case may be. It's not a requirement to stay with the same person. You don't, if you're not happy, move on. <laughs> it's not, you know. And I guess that makes sense because I've realized I've treated that, I've had that similar mindset when it came to, when it comes to like friendships, where, yes, not saying like they've, I've never felt like I was forced into a friendship. Okay, that's not true. I did once. See, I was a child and I had to make that choice. But <laughs> um, obviously, it was like my mom's friend's son. So I felt like I needed to interact with that person they have that fantasy of you being best friends with their kids (laughs) because they're best friends yes yeah um so so yeah and i felt like the older i got i actually realized yes i do and i think that's also like an interesting way of learning how sometimes people say relationships or at least they sometimes come across as oh what's the word not materialistic but like saying like someone has like ownership over you it's like here you're my possessiveness yes there you go that and I've never felt that way as an only child like I never felt like someone like I had possession over someone else Uh, I think the word is autonomy right is like when you have ownership over that's a better word yes yourself yeah and and which is fascinating and I think that that's I think not to sound negative about being an only child but you have less of the family unit feeling that people with siblings have, right? You know, you have people who have siblings 
in their age range, I'll say, since, you know, it's more applicable to me, you know, there's that sense of bonding that you get when you're a year or two younger or older than someone and you grow up in the same household. But with only children, it's very much, you know, this is like nuclear family. It's like, yeah, but this is literally like an atom. (laughs) It's very small and there's not really much room for error. I think that's the problem is there's a lot more pressure on only children than people in in other types of families. Well, that makes sense because when people always ask if my family's close, I always start off with define close. And people like, are I so am fascinated. Pretty... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you <laughs> like, tell them not tell really. Tell more about this. Ooh. <laughs> like, yeah, and it's just weird because like I do find the closeness with my cousins and I feel like they're like the three people I have and also because of the age range because obviously my cousins are either three years or six years apart but the thing is that we didn't like grow up together like yes we hung out during specific times but we didn't live in the same household so it was more like cool we're gonna go to the beach here this is how we're gonna hang out and we're gonna hang out two other days but very coordinated always (laughs) yeah exactly not not as spontaneous take away the holidays and some other things and birthdays and et cetera, then how many times would we actually hang out outside of that time? Unless someone needed a sitter or something like that. So it always felt forced. But then I realized when we got older, we started making that. It also got harder and easier at the same time, which was weird. You know, we're, we're all adults now and we have our own lives or relationships or Obviously, not talking about me, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, or work or et cetera. So, and, and it also gets pretty simple because I've always noticed that with like friends as well. Like one of my best friends from when we were like teenagers, she had a kid. I think when we were twenty-one. So yes, that friendship changed. But at, no, I mean, obviously, because you have a child, I'm not going to assume that that person's going to like say like, hey, you still need to spend time with me, even though you have a child. It's like, no, it's understandable. Did it change? Yes. But do I feel less of a friend because of that? No. Exactly. I think, and that, I think that people have a hard time understanding that because we're trained to be like multitaskers just in general. Yeah. I feel back when before like when our parents were growing up there wasn't this need to to do everything at once to be like the jack of all trades in life (laughs) you know go to school have a job have relationships have friendships be sociable you know own your own stuff buy your own things live on your own but I feel like that pressure is higher with us in this generation but you know for sure it's not so I think that 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 plays a part in it too in terms of like how we build ourselves as humans and it Mm. it becomes way more problematic and I think that that's why a lot of us are struggling you know they're always talking about oh millennials are killing what is it we're killing uh marriage marriage rate and it's like okay so you want people (laughs) to get divorced I mean there was one point where it said that you know millennials are staying in their marriages longer it's like okay how are you gonna spin this into a negative yeah what what did we do this time (laughs) (laughs) And I think that that's, you know, it's, it's part of that is that people just, it, there's a lot more stressful things to deal with in life than being in a relationship. And a lot of people are just making the choice not to dedicate their life to somebody, which is fine. And I don't think that everybody gets that same 
uh, not every most families aren't very on on the on that page with with their kids. You know, like it's okay if you never get married and have kids. I'm okay with that. Most people don't have no, that. Um, yeah, that luxury. I feel like I sort of have that where I think at this point my mom doesn't assume that, but she's still like somewhat hopeful. Like I'm not gonna force you to get married and have kids, but she's very yeah deep down in her yeah. soul in the yeah. pit of her soul yeah. Like, you know, there, there's a 1% chance at least half of this will happen. Maybe not the other half, but who knows? <laughs> yeah, my mom's kind of um, more on that page, too. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, one other thing I read was people who find a flaw and then move on. I feel like that only happens if you're, like, in the beginning stages of meeting someone. Mm, you'd be surprised. Well... Mm, I guess it depends on the flaw like um, my friend and I were talking about this which um, I feel like I want to do in one point of an episode because I don't have it fully fleshed out but I feel like usually um, my friend was asking me like do I have a list of not deal breakers and deal makers but like you already did that one (laughs) yeah no (laughs) that was a great one Uh, (laughs) no but like sort of like put a list of what I'm looking for and I thought See, that's interesting, but I also see that's where, like, the flaws will come in. Because, like, if you're looking for someone to reach, like, 10 to 15 bullet points and they're missing one of them. It happens, too, when you're in relationships. I'll be honest, you know, I do. I do that. Used to do that a lot. I would nitpick one thing about that person and just think, hmm, can I deal with this? Because I don't know. It's so strange because dating is so... It's like, what's the end game, right? And I know you have one of those yeah. two episodes, but like just in general, like what is, <laughs> it's like, if you don't want to get married, like, and you guys are getting along dating for a significant period of time, it's like, now what? Like, there's no, there's no guideline for that. All we know is get married, have kids, move in, you know, it's not, right. there's no other options other than that. Well, well, that was interesting because that's the cool thing I like about what Bumble has done, where there's like an option now where you can answer those specific questions. So like, let's say the person who I was out with this begins, I'm going to find a nickname for them in the next whatever amount of time we're here. But she pretty much was looking for the same thing I was looking for at this moment. She didn't want kids. She was looking for something casual. And we were in distance wise it was the perfect amount of distance so yes the rest we were going to figure out on our own but at least in the core those three core things that I was looking for met up perfectly yeah and and kind of you have to come to that realization eventually in terms of you and your dating right you have to figure out what you really want like I went from being in a relationship where we were on the wedding bells track into a relationship where (laughs) I've been, I've been, I have two promise rings, <laughs> so it's been, and you know. Do they go on the same finger, or do you just? Um, it depends. It depends on the day. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I used to. Um, like I said, I was in one relationship <laughs> in high school, mind you, where we were together for like, gosh, we were together for a year and a, almost a year, I think a year actually. And it's then, like two years in, in, in high school. Yeah, in high school years, right? Me and him had been yeah. together, and then I got a promise ring. And then we broke up probably like half a year later. Kept getting back together. Mm. So I got to keep recycling that same ring. And then more recently, 
I got another promise ring because we had same thing we'd been together for a year and you know I thought I really wanted to get married and I realized that made me really nervous and gave me huge amounts of anxiety so I mean that didn't work out we ended up splitting up and now I'm in a relationship in terms of like we're just take playing it ear by ear like we're together we're committed monogamous like and I'm cool with that I'm cool with not putting any kind of timeline on it I was like we're both pushing 30 so it's like you know I just want to enjoy life (laughs) (laughs) I'm 30 so it's okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah so you know but you have to make sure that that's okay with you you know and a lot of people compromise in in relationships and get pushed into things they really don't want to do and that's how you end up unhappy and sometimes end up becoming like a cheater or somebody who's unfaithful so you see that's that's why like i don't see the loathing compromises as a bad thing unless you actually openly admit that which goes to like the next part was like sometimes telling the truth but doesn't change i feel like if you don't change, then that's a bad thing. But I feel like at least being self-aware with the actions you're making and why you're doing them can sort of ideally then eventually lead to change. Yeah, it's it's kind of like helping somebody else. So I guess people who are emotionally unavailable have issues with not being self-aware, but being able to accept like constructive criticism is that what that means? <laughs> yes <laughs> i am guys... so awful at that like yes i'll know that there's a fault there but don't say that to my face because then well not only that i don't mind constructive criticism if it comes with actual solutions yes like, thank you don't say don't say don't say i'm a shitty person or like hey tony you're you're shit at this like cool how do i improve well i don't know and then why did you bother telling me anything yeah so, you don't have it, it you, yeah. you mean true constructive criticism you have no problem with no like cool we know you're lacking in this this is what you can do to improve well well thank you i can now use these steps to get to my solution i don't know but yeah something like that but yeah if someone tells you like a fault and doesn't doesn't have try to like anything help else you. to say yeah and like what was the point of you telling me this this entire time because it made them feel better because they were they were kind of like raining on your parade for a second and maybe they're having right. you know to me that's a personal reflection and I never I try really hard to not take that personally because I'm just like who hurt you <laughs> but Ooh, we could get, look, that, that was answered on Saturday during our therapy session it's not enough time here to go through that right like but that's what i'm saying people who do that <laughs> who like are really critical of other people it's like what happened to you like why are you so right. angry at the world and I what's think- interesting i remember last year when i was starting therapy one of the assignments i had to do was what was like last spring was i had to ask people specific questions so sort of um what were your thoughts of me when we first met compared to now or what are my strengths and weaknesses? I and I'm not going to lie. when I And I remember when I gave people that, I, you know, usually it was easier because I couldn't just meet with everyone in a given day. So I just either emailed or texted that person. When I got responses, the first thing I went to was weaknesses. Like I did not even Hello, bother. Hello, perfectionist. To yeah. Yeah. It's like, look, okay, cool. What could I work? What could I work on? Let's see. Like, ooh, I push people away. It's like, well, that's a strength too if you think about it, because I'm really good at it. But all right, it's not a good thing. Well, it's not a good thing. <laughs> I'm the best there but ever yeah, was. No. 
I know, but like it's weird because I feel like with me, I guess it's different if you find the flaw in someone else and then move on. But if you're always constantly looking at your own flaws and reasons why you're not good enough or something, it's easy for you to just leave or not continue to, you know, like, and, and I think that's the thing with me is that I'm insanely, it's insanely difficult to be emotionally vulnerable with other people. Like I could easily do it writing and in a podcast, right. but if you want me to do it, but if you want me to do it face to face with you in person, live and in action, it's not gonna happen. Yes, exactly. That is not the same. I'll write it down and pass you the notes, but don't expect me to then like, oh, cool, tell me more. It's like, all right, hold on, I gotta write some more. I'm like, two two business yeah. days. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think that um, as somebody who's too emotionally available, <laughs> um, I tend to overshare in certain sections and then I go through the same thing you do because I'm still a perfectionist so I go through those like sensations of like okay if I if I tell too much and if I'm too revealing emotionally then it's like okay they're gonna think I'm weird and they're gonna want to like leave and then so you get more paranoid so then I low-key become emotionally unavailable intentionally (laughs) So, (laughs) so that so that I don't have to think about that you know I mean me and my boyfriend were dating for, I mean, I wouldn't consider, I mean, dating, I guess, like benefits or whatever the case was um, for like six or almost seven months before we started. Mm-hmm. And that conversation about like, okay, where is this going? Because we basically mm-hmm. act like a couple. We're always together. People think we're together. Um, like, are we together? <laughs> you know, that was the hardest conversation ever because um, I'm very... I'm kind of an empath so like I feel people's emotions on a whole nother level than other people like if someone's really anxious I absorb that anxiety for them which is terrible (laughs) and and so I'm anxious I couldn't I can hear somebody crying on television I have no idea why they're crying but I just start crying for no reason and I'm just like wait why why are they crying I don't even know it's like is it something stupid I'm like you've got to be kidding me I let myself cry over (laughs) somebody lies they're like Louis Vuitton bag this is horrible but yeah, you shouldn't watch reality TV. Oh, I don't. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> but yeah, so, and being an empath, uh, a lot of our qualities are very like, it's, it's similar to people who are emotionally unavailable, which is funny because we feel emotions more intensely and we're very good at empathizing with people and communicating our emotions, but we're very non-confrontational. So any kind of conversation for me that can be pending confrontation, I can't. I can't handle it. So that conversation is probably one of the hardest ones I've ever had in my life. I mean, I can talk to people about being having anxiety, you know, other stuff, but any kind of like disappointment prone kind of question where like you're going to be disappointed in the result. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> I try to be as emotionally unavailable as possible in those scenarios. Right. As a protective I mechanism. Think it's... Right. And I think that also, yeah, definitely a lot of like defense mechanisms. Um, I know with me, one thing I'm also like really bad at is having actual difficult conversations. So like the more emotionally difficult it is, the more likely I am to sort of like push it away. So like, for example, someone be like, hey, I'm, I I also like realized recently I'm not actually good at hiding my emotions. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) No, because I'm always so used to like being happy and cheery and it's insanely easy 
but like if i'm like in depression mood i'm actually not good at blocking that anymore like so i think i realized that i just start having like more like resting bitch face or if i'm upset about something i'm actually going to show it and yeah. someone will be like hey what's wrong it's like nothing it's like are you sure it's like it's like Yes, right. Yes, yes. I already told you the first time. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And I think it's also because I'm also not really good at actually conflict, like having conflict resolution conversations. Or for me, it's all about it's all about avoiding. Like, cool. How do I deflect this conversation away? Yeah, because obviously having that conversation of like, why are you so upset, is going to necessitate you expressing emotional, you know, issues, and then it's just like. Right. You have emotional availability. <laughs> so yeah. it's like that's why it's easier for you to write it down versus yeah. speaking it. You know, mm. and and I think sometimes people just have to be okay with that. I mean, is this is this a love language segue? <laughs> Did I just Um if you want to, hey, this could be the perfect time more than any. <laughs> yes. Okay. So this is like a perfect segue into learning about the five love languages. I forgot who invented them, but they are let's see, receiving gifts, quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service slash devotion, and physical touch. So somebody who's emotionally unavailable might just have trouble with words of affirmation because yes. you have a hard time verbalizing. See, people don't have a hard... I think people who are emotionally unavailable focus on the fact that they have trouble expressing emotion, but it's like, how do you not express the emotion? But anything I've been reading about being emotionally unavailable focuses on speaking, right? It focuses yeah. on your ability to verbalize your, your emotions. Um, right. But somebody else just needs to understand that. You know, I struggled with this in my last relationship. His thing was buying things and, and you know, mostly. I'm more of a quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service kind of person. I'm more hands-on, I guess you could say. Um, I'm less physical, though. I'm not very, like, Mm. I'm not the kind of girlfriend that's got to be attached 24-7. And he was taking that as me rejecting him. And it's like, Mm. no, I just don't feel this physical proximity is necessary to express myself. You know, I was like, I write poetry, so I write prose and poetry and things like that and that's how I express myself and you write your stuff out too so you can tell like where I'm coming from <laughs> sometimes it's easier to send like a delightful email or text message versus talking to the person um right so I just think that that's something people need to take into consideration before they start shutting off to certain types of people like I thought my boyfriend was totally emotionally unavailable he hardly ever talked about how he felt, how things bothered him. Just, he's also very non, he's very chill. He's like the definition of chill. Like nothing bothers him. Nothing gives him anxiety other than whatever gives him anxiety, but like <laughs> nothing stresses him out. I'm the opposite. Like I have to know everything's good. Words of affirmation is like my top dog. I will tell somebody every day, like, good morning. I hope you have a splendid day. Have a good day at work. Goodbye. Like, you know, <laughs> and, and he's a quality time type of physical touch person. So that right. was a learning curve. You go from somebody who, like me who talks all the time about how they feel being an empath and being, you know, super emotionally available to dating someone who's completely emotionally almost unavailable. Uh, right. And he, the way he explained it, and I thought it was kind of poetic, was um, 
I'm my heart's thawing out right now, and I'm just like, huh? What? <laughs> and I was like, and but it took me a minute to realize what he was saying was that like not that he's completely closed off to expressing himself verbally, just that he's he's warming up to doing that in our within the confines of our relationship. We've been friends since we were like 15. We've known each other for like 12 years and barely started dating. Right. So. Um, so yeah, so we're comfortable, but it's, so I totally get that. And it's my job as the other person in that relationship to be understanding of that and not try to force him into talking about how he feels because it's not his thing. He's very well, non thing is just, I think it's also just an issue of how boys are raised not to express emotions or like whenever boys express emotions like, oh, you know, stop being a girl or doing this. So it would force Stop being sensitive, yeah. Yeah, so I think it like forces men not to want to talk about things because if they did as a, like I I, I think it always goes back to, and I only know this because whenever my therapist says something, she always brings it back to the past. It's like, it's like, oh, so I'm this way because of something that happened 13 years ago. I don't know how that's possible, but we'll find out. But yeah, so, but yeah, like I, I never was, and I just realized that as a kid as well, I just never really expressed emotions or I felt like whenever I did cry, it was it seemed to have been like a a thing I shouldn't do. It's like, oh, stop crying. You're a man. You shouldn't be crying. It's like, what the hell? I don't, I'm not even 18 yet. How am I a man already? But you know what I mean? So it's sort of like ingrained earlier on to not show any emotional like vulnerability. And physically, you learn how to do, as a child growing up, physical abilities come before speaking abilities do you learn to walk usually before you talk right mm-hmm. no no I'm sorry not I'm not not walking I'm talking about like um being able to sit up or you know physical okay. things come first and I never thought about that till today right so. until you but <laughs> but when you're growing up like I said talking and reading and all of that stuff comes later so yeah to now I'm starting to think it makes more sense that men no offense y'all develop a little bit slower than we do just generally (gasps) (laughs) biological speaking uh, psychological speaking hey there's 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 science behind it so can't be offended by science no (laughs) that uh you guys are done maturing mentally by the time you're like I think it's like 28 or something crazy like that and we're done by the time we're like 25 (laughs) okay I would hope not because I feel like I'm learning more about myself now so maybe I'm just starting but now you have the capacity to learn about yourself and adjust Uh, before you didn't have that capacity but no not at all but I think that that's also where the struggle comes from also um, we talked about this when I was getting my master's in terms of uh, mitigating like violence among men and women Mm -hmm. And why people don't see uh, women as, as violent as men and why they have a hard time seeing them as offenders. And I said, well, it's pretty simple. Men are allowed to pitch fits. You guys are allowed to be aggressive and angry because that's what men do. They get mad. You know, when, when we're upset, we're told to sit down and think about it. And we're told to mm. not speak on that. So we internalize things a lot more than you guys do. And it's, it's not, has nothing to do with emotional availability. A lot of people think it's about women are more sensitive than men and blah, blah, blah. No, it's not. We're not more sensitive. We're trained that way. It's not a choice, you know, because I used to be a super tomboy when I'm, I'm still a tomboy, but I used to be a really big tomboy when I was younger. And I remember being very aggressive because I hung out with nothing but guys. So we're playing basketball, we're right. playing football, you know, rough and tumble. And 
I remember being told this is girls don't act like that. Uh, I remember getting in trouble for being at a basketball game and being uh, sitting on the bench and having my legs open. It was hot. Oh, no. Yeah, and they were like, and they were like, cross your legs. You're a lady, and I'm just like, uh, I'm dripping in sweat. I would really not like to get my like limbs attached to each other with sweat. So right, right. <laughs> I don't want to cross my legs. And so it's just Fair things point. like that. That's how we're raised. So you guys are raised not to show emotion. We're raised to kind of be expected to be silent and and harbor our emotions to ourselves and then, you know, explode eventually. I'm sure everybody's mm. had that scenario with their mom where she's been so calm for a very long time and then just like the littlest <laughs> thing sets her off and you're like, whoa, I didn't realize running out of chips was this serious. <laughs> you're like, no, hey, that's not. Just because I broke this, it's not even yours. But okay, I broke my own toy, but somehow you're upset. Yeah. Actually, it makes sense. You paid for that toy. So. Yeah. And I think, you that know, that's... reflection. But yeah. But I think that that comes from us being told like, hey, be quiet. Like, like, um, yeah. and one of the girls in my class was a behavioral therapist for children with autism. And she said that this little boy was having a tantrum and just throwing things like chairs and books. And oh, so what they did is they locked him in one of the empty bungalows and let him have a fit for 30 minutes. And when a, one of the little girls was upset and angry, they told her to write about her feelings and why she was angry. And I said, she didn't get 30 minutes? Oh, no, she didn't get 30 minutes of fair. flipping out and throwing things. Like I said, oh. we're not, yeah. it's not ladylike to do these things. So I think that that's yeah. why we have that offset weird balance of you guys get to be as physical as you want. So maybe that's why more men are about quality time and like physical touch than women are because right. we're used to being told to talk about how we feel because, you know, mm. people want to listen. How do women feel? You know, nobody wants, not, no offense, but like typically people aren't like, how do men feel about this? You know? That's fair. Yeah. So, and that's definitely not my case. People want to know my opinions. It's like, why? But I think it's also because I do a podcast, so it makes it easier people to know. It's like, you have an opinion on pretty much anything that's dating and relationships, what, you know, related. That makes sense. Yeah, and it's so interesting, too. I think that being an empath is really difficult because it makes people want to talk to me, but I'm kind of, like, Mm. my anxiety surrounds, like, social interaction. So when people want to start talking to me about their lives, I start turning into, like, Sheldon Cooper from The Big Bang Theory. They're there. Right. (laughs) Would you like a glass of a hot beverage? (laughs) You know, like... That's all you need, you know, a nice, you know, tea. Actually, that makes... That does sound good after having a shitty day. But, yeah. So, yeah. I get that. That makes sense. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. So somebody who's emotionally available has trouble with other people's, like, because I don't want them to feel bad. I don't want them to feel hurt because when they feel hurt, then I feel hurt. And I'm just like, it's a never-ending cycle of sadness. So <laughs> I appreciate yeah, it if you can't for sure. yourself. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's just, that's what I think is so interesting, though. We all express ourselves differently. And I think that once we start realizing that, emotion, like, it's fine. Like I said, I had to get over it. I'm I'm not gonna wake up to, you're the most glorious girlfriend in the world. I I love you so much. Like first of all, we haven't been doing that long, so the L word's off the table. Um, but you get what I'm saying, but but yeah, I get you. <laughs> I do spend a lot of time with him when he's not working endlessly, so I had to learn to appreciate that over other things. So and it's always interesting that you brought up like the whole um how like men tend to go towards like the physical touch when it comes to the five love languages because 
I think people usually assume that like somehow great sex equals great intimacy and that is entirely false. False. So false. <laughs> and you know what? And I could only say that because I've been I've been in friends with benefits relationships where the sex was really good. But if you were supposed to say we were emotionally connected, it's like no. Not at all. <laughs> no, like yes, we can we can cuddle after sex or like watch Netflix for hours and then and sex and then back again. It's like that that doesn't feel intimate at all. But yes, don't get me wrong, it's great. But I think people have to like realize that one doesn't equal the other. Yeah, and I think people struggle with that. Um, like I see, like I said, like being empathetic is really difficult. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it's a struggle because uh and that's what that's what I'll, women get that a lot is that you know my mom was always telling me since I was in like high school when sex gets involved trust me you can't detach your heart from that situation um Lies. and I'm telling her mm, <laughs> no because once you grow up and you realize that a lot of the time the only thing that connects to people physically is an attraction like a physical attraction you know Mm -hmm. I've been in situations where yeah it was good like that was bomb but at the same time like I would not be in a relationship with that person a they're emotionally unstable or whatever the case is or you know they're weird (laughs) sometimes you never know just different things crop up but I think when you know you're in the right situation is when there's a balance between those two things. So I'm not talking, it's got to be, you know, it's got to be Pornhub worthy every time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But the fact that like your partner listens to you, that's where the intimacy comes in, in terms of an interaction. Sometimes I wouldn't right. say clinical, but sometimes when you're in like a friends with benefit situation, it tends, or like a hookup thing, it tends to feel very rigid you know like you're having weird discussions that you never used to have to have like right "Mm, yeah you know that's not really my thing so like if we couldn't avoid that that'd be great thanks service announcement you know what's you know what's really (laughs) interesting I, i just thought about this is one of the reasons why i feel like i haven't also been in a relationship is because i'm also emotionally distant and I feel like in order to be in a relationship, I have to be emotionally, una- uh, not unavailable, sorry. Clearly uh, I have to be, uh, yeah, obviously. No, but I have to be at least emotionally vulnerable with that other person. So I feel like if I can't do that, then why would I be in a relationship? Precisely. And a lot of people make that mistake. They make a mistake of thinking, oh, well, maybe this person will help open me up, you know? And no. Yeah, you don't get into relationships to fix your problems. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> if that's the case, I would have gotten in one years ago. I think that was the case. Yeah, but I think that that's yeah. a that's a lot of the issue that I know. I keep saying like our generation, but it is. It's a struggle that we have. Yeah, because we were raised by parents who were basically a bunch of Captain Savahos, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and. <laughs> Where they were raised to say, you know what, yeah, he's got a couple flaws or she's, yeah, she's a little, a little, you know, off. But you know what, you guys can, love can conquer all. You can work through it. And let me tell you, right. America, that is not true. <laughs> you can... Hey, there are my people here from outside of the country watching. Okay, okay, yeah. Listening. International but humans. Yes. Inter- international. <laughs> Intergalactic creatures. <laughs> Ooh, what? No. But, um. <laughs> 
but yeah so so it's totally within within reality that that's not a possibility anymore and people were slowly in our age bracket realizing that we don't have to do that anymore I think I saw a meme the other day it was like some guy tweeted out you know if a if a woman puts up with your bullshit um like like and how you treat if you treat her badly or whatever like she's a keeper wife her and then somebody comments no. and said oh we're not doing that shit no more sorry public service yes, announcement I saw that. <laughs> yes it's like we're PSA. not and it's true though because you have to value yourself before you can have you can add value to a relationship to be honest it's that same principle of you love yourself before you can love someone else you know yeah and that's just speaking to hey if you have flaws if you have issues that are you know bringing bringing bad energy into your life the last thing you need to do is get into a relationship like you know I struggled with wanting to be in a relationship right now only with the simple fact is that I'm still dealing with my anxiety but Mm -hmm. I'm doing my therapy I'm getting back into working out and doing stuff for myself so I don't feel like that's holding me back because I'm always going to have it you know it's not like I'm going to get rid of it so why be miserable? <laughs> why be miserable and alone? <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. It's, no, it's too much. But yeah, so... But I feel like that's, that's one of the things that I was reading at Bustle. Like, they were, like, going through it. There was, like, four specific things. Uh, one of them was being elusive, which is taking care of yourself and, like, prioritizing your needs. It's like, I sort of understand that. Like, if you don't have yourself together... And I, I don't mean you have to be... Well, then this probably goes back to the perfectionist aspect, like you shouldn't have all of yourself together but you only have like 10 percent of yourself together you shouldn't yeah you should you know, expect somebody else to give you the rest of the 90 <laughs> yeah i don't know what percentage you should like reach for but i don't know i'd say like you know like 80 i was gonna say 75 i don't like even okay, numbers there you go <laughs> 77 no <laughs> 77.5 that way it's right in between the 75 and the 80 definitely that's called compromise look at see you can do it look at that look at that look at that no um one another one was you cut people out of your life it's like yes that's a it's an easy i know i've i've been called out on that which is highly unappreciated no it was actually good for someone to tell me that because if no one ever brought that up i wouldn't know that i actually do that or that it worked. <laughs> or if you intentionally yes. did it, that it actually took. <laughs> yes. I mean, I wasn't entirely planning on cutting them out. I was like, oh, I did. Hmm. Oops. Well, see, look. No, 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 no. So I'm not going to lie. I did that. And I only did that for one specific reason. Was that I was getting tired of being the only one to start a conversation. Oh, my God. Like, I felt like I was yeah. the only one trying to make the friendship work. So I was like, look. I'm getting tired of this shit. So I know you're never going to text first. So if I don't text at all, let's see how easy. far this goes. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> yeah, and that's also just me being petty in general. But it, it worked. I mean, I I understood the fault. But but that's to like me I that's said, not a good I, example. Yeah. You know, like it's not. No. Oh, okay. I didn't that's find that's something that was necessary. Okay. That was necessary because right. You know. Um, you can't you can't keep doing that like you can't keep giving more of yourself than you're getting back it's not fair right so you know if you got to 
constantly. It's like, okay, so I'm thinking about you, but you're not thinking about me. Fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And goes to that quality time. Exactly. And that's and that's what I'm saying. Some people have to learn to to change, right? Because because like I said, you have to compromise in relationships. And I don't think you're yeah. commitment phobic. I don't think you're afraid of compromise. I think you have to be able to compromise the right things. Like picking somewhere to eat like that's not a compromise people are so stupid they think that like those <laughs> those minimal like daily things are like oh I'm, I'm so good at compromising because I let her pick where we want to go eat. it's like no that's not a compromise a compromise is something that requires more em- emotional like maturity you know like mm. my my compromising because I am more of a words of affirmation type of person and you know I also do a lot of acts of service I'm really good at like mm. doing things for people, like remembering, like they told me, hey, like, man, I really needed like, uh, like, well, he didn't say he needed a blanket, but like, I felt the need for a blanket. <laughs> so I bought one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, was it you guys in like your bedding situation? It's very interesting. Um, oh, no need to attack there as well. No, <laughs> I'm joking. Go ahead. Right. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, and so then. I compromised on wanting less communication and I just said, Hey, listen, mm. the way my anxiety set up, um, I would appreciate <laughs> like if we talk 18 like, texts a day. No, I'm joking. Yeah. Like, or, <laughs> Hey, just as long as we talk like once a day and I know you're cool. Mm-hmm. So now like the compromise is if I don't talk to him all day or he doesn't send me some stupid meme, he lets me know he got home from work safely. Cause you know, right. and that's cool and then we kind of sometimes talk about the day or if I'm busy we don't like and I had to not let that bother me I think that's an okay cupid question is it oh yeah like if you can do you want to be in constant contact with somebody yeah it's like how often should you be speaking with your significant other or partner and it was every day every other day or like whatever I was like huh that is it depends on like what level you're in if you're someone you just met then I don't know if you should, I I don't think it's mandatory to talk every day, but yes, if you're in a relationship, then maybe like check-ins or I don't know. That's how I went with my, my, my friends with benefits. We went out for like eight months. We we did talk every day, but it wasn't like forced. It wasn't like, okay, I just woke up. I need to tell her good morning or whatever. No, No, I saw a meme. I found it funny. I sent it to her and somehow the conversation started from there. It wasn't a forced like intro to the combo yeah and and that's what um me and him talked about was hey listen like this relationship developed incredibly naturally I used to go to him for dating advice like hey I'm talking to this guy (laughs) like you know like what do you think like should I just chill like what would you want a girl to do like and that was that and so we were really close friends for a bit, you know, friends with benefits, then that like popped in and then now we're in a relationship. So um, it developed very organically and it was the first relationship I've ever been in that's been that way. I, like I said, I was queen aversion to it. My ex before this, it was like, it was a, it was an all or nothing situation. Like you are not, I am not going to hold hands and kiss you unless you're my boyfriend. Like, sorry, not happening. Either you want me or you don't Mm. want me. Let's get that over with. Alrighty. <laughs> yeah, I was really intense. But I mean, I was going through a lot at that time and I don't really fault mm-hmm. fault myself for that too much. 
and my dad had just died before me and him got together and my dad had died in april i met him in august we started dating in november like two, mm-hmm. two years almost three years ago so <laughs> so yeah so and i was going i was we were both getting our masters together so you know that was that wasn't the best situation to be involved in i'll admit that but now I let this happen completely organically, which is why I think it gave me so much anxiety. Like I said, being somebody who's because very good was, expressing emotion yeah. <laughs> and then dating somebody who's emotionally kind of like distant is very frustrating. Right. I will let you you guys no, know that. I remember, I remember that was you. That was you. But like there was times like, hey, so um, you're emotionally unavailable. <laughs> what does this say? <laughs> does this mean what, like, is he still interested? It's like, well, yeah, obviously. I mean, he's not going to show it as much as you do, but I mean, that's just also like the way I am. Like, I feel like some, there are probably some, I don't know, some friends who feel I don't probably care about, I don't, I don't know. Oh. Or like, even like my, no, I don't know. But I know like, that's the issue with me. I remember when I had to do this assignment, one of the people I wanted to have that conversation with was my mom, because I asked her, hey, do you think we're close? And she was like, yeah. I was like, how? Because you're the complete opposite of I am. Like she's completely emotionally available. She loves having the most random conversations and I'm not that way. Like I, I don't know, I can't just tell someone how I'm feeling, even if it is my own mother or even like one of my best friends, she, there's times, I think it's also because we've been friends long enough that she would know is like when I'm in a depression mood, it's like, okay, like just letting you know, I'm here for you, even though you don't want to talk about it. It's like, see, I appreciate that. But not a lot of people will feel that way. Cause for some reason, when I'm emotionally distant or just distant in general, people think it's about them. Yeah, that's hard. That's really hard. And, and it's annoying because if you're someone who doesn't want who, if you're someone who's afraid of being vulnerable, you can't tell the other person, look, it's not about you, it's a me issue. Because then when it becomes a me issue, it's like, oh, so, because it's just going to lead to more questions. So that's why I've been so- That you're still not going to answer. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that's the thing. I'm just like a master of deflection where I will just find any way to avoid this conversation that I know you want to have. Yeah. And that's, and I think- I think I I think I sent you like a screenshot before we started officially dating when we were just kind of like benefiting it. Um, yeah. Oh, I he had a nickname. His nickname was Bayfriend because it's like boyfriend. Yes. But yes, 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 yes. This is Bayfriend. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I remember stressing out because I hadn't talked to him in a couple of days, <laughs> and I'm just like, right. I haven't got no memes recently. Like he hasn't hit me you, up. You, like. And then he said, I'm not me- going to lie. You've, this has happened with multiple friends. And I feel like this also happened with you where my friends, when they're first dating someone, they always ask, they, Hey, so, you know, I sent him an IG story or something. He read it. <laughs> but, but he didn't, didn't like it. Back. <laughs> yes. He didn't like it or replied back. So it's like, but I sent him a text too, which like he responded to the text, but not the meme or the story. I was like, I was telling my friends like, look, I mean, it's not you specifically, but this has happened enough times where I, I get it's it's just like people have like different ways of expressing emotions. But when you have someone who's the complete opposite of you, it's like you don't know how to handle that. It's yeah, and somebody like me who has anxiety issues, that's just like, oh, this is just grounds for overthinking. Right. Period. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember he, I had like I said, I hadn't really talked to him. He was kind of MIA a little bit. 
And then he sent me a, a, a meme. <laughs> um, Memes are what brings relationships together. You have no idea. This, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. And it said, yeah, hi, I was in like a depressive state for, for, for a little bit and I needed to be by myself. Um, I guarantee you this will happen in the next five to seven business days. And I get that it was supposed to be funny, but I appreciated that he told me like, hey, I just needed a me time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. In his and that's so funny because he's emotionally unavailable. He can't just tell me like he needs me time. He's gotta find a meme for it. <laughs> like, yeah. But which is cool. <laughs> and I appreciate the effort. Oh, I, I love that there's I love that there's like a Reddit thread for like depression. It's like, yes, I need memes to explain this. Yeah, it's like it's not spend. that because yeah. that helps people not take it personally. Like then I'm like, right. Oh, you're not mad at me. Okay. And then, you know. I mean, my thing is like an initial moment of communication where it's like, hey, for the next couple of days, I'm going to be. But sometimes you don't know if you're going to be in that kind of mood for a few days. Um, I know I get like that sometimes where I just want to be by myself, but people don't let me. So Um, (laughs) so because I could tell you, empath, people are just drawn to telling us their drama and their life story. And it is both fascinating and frustrating. I mean, right. And I'm a, I'm a sexual assault advocate, so there are nights where I go in and I have to listen and be empathetic. And, you know, and sometimes it can be a little exhausting, uh, especially with the subject matter. But right. it's for us, people who feel emotions on that level, it's very rewarding when somebody's like says thank you. It hits us different than yeah. it hits regular people. It's like when they say mm-hmm. thank it feels so good. It's like, it's like our drug. Like I don't do drugs, but like if I did, and I always tell my boyfriend this, I was like, is this what it feels like to be high? Cause it feels really good. <laughs> you know, when somebody like appreciates. It's a what different you... level of high. But yeah. Yes. But yeah. yeah, but like, is this what it feels like? Because this is awesome. <laughs> like, yeah. And that's, that's how I get my like highs from helping people or having somebody say, wow, I really appreciate you doing that. And I'm like, you are welcome, sir. <laughs> and see, it goes back to your words of affirmation. Yeah. and Even and, though it's just thank you, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, like I said, you just have to be understanding of people. And I think that that's what we're struggling with, which is so weird because we're like the woke generation, right? But we have a hard time right. being mature enough to say, hey, this is what I need. I don't know about what you need. Like, let's let's have a discussion. Let's be adults and discuss this problem we're having. I mean, obviously, the problem we were having was the problem I was having. (laughs) But in a relationship, (laughs) all the problems are we problems. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, Yeah. But yeah. No, and I remember there was this one last thing that I was reading about where it was like another thing for emotional unavailable people is it's hard for them to get close to people. Mm. And I feel like, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's hard to get close to people or we don't. It's just that we're just going to take our sweet time. God, I feel like that's the issue. Ever, yeah. So yeah, like if I felt something in like January, you'll find out like in July. It's like, hey, guess what happened in January? It's like, why the fuck are you telling me this? Oh my god! It just took it took a while to like you know admit that you had the emotions and you know take the emotion in. I I don't know. I'm. I'm not saying that I don't get close to people. It's that it takes ages, and I'm sorry for every single person I ever went out with which is a lot of people or we never got anywhere because I just 
they didn't know how to tell you the specific thing, but they didn't know the how to crack friends. the code. Like there's a... <laughs> nope, they did not. They 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 wanted they wanted to crack the code in like the first couple of weeks. It's like yeah, that's not like happening. yeah, it's not gonna happen. Uh, and and it's interesting because I feel like I I understand that more now because when it goes back to like the whole people finding out more about me now than they did when they've known me for like 10, 15 years. It's, is I just finally understood how to crack this code of talking about how I feel or just talking about like depression when people are like, oh shit, I have depression too. It's like, what? Like, I'm not saying like, I'm surprised that they have depression. It's just more, it's that they're weird opening that I'm up to you too. Now. Yes, exactly. So and it's just, it's insanely hard to do in person. I, it was easy for me to do in like an IG story, which doesn't make sense or- I'm the opposite. It's easier for me to do it in person than it is for me to do yeah. it like oh, it's, publicly. And it was funny because my friend's like, oh, that seems really difficult to like do an IG story. It's like, not really. Cause I, I don't get to see the other person's reactions. <laughs> like I'm just, I'm talking to a camera. The camera You're then shows it to, to you. Yeah. Exactly. It's just me having a conversation with me and then someone else is saying like, oh, Somebody's voyeuring you. Yes. Basically. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know, like, it would be hard. I feel like if there was a case where I didn't like someone, I felt like I would have to then just tell them all of that. Not not the depression part right away, but like the it's going to take me a while for me to open up. If oh, yeah. that's an issue, I completely understand. Yeah, I think I think that that was something um, that I like I said, I was having trouble with that in my relationship. And it was just and I was like, you realize we've been like together for like six months already. And he was like, me and my ex dated for two years. I said, oh, yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> so I'm like, no, <laughs> I was like, how long that last after two years of dating? I don't know. I don't really like asking him about it because. As a woman, it's that's just a fair point. not our thing. As for me, I don't feel like it's necessary. Like, no, that's a fair point. Right? Like, it's just that I'm just hearing that now. It's like, whoa. See, like, yeah, I just. It's also like the curiosity of me wanting to know more. Yeah, and I think, I don't know. I know that they were together for a significant amount of time, obviously. I think they might have been together yeah. two years. He graduated in 15. Yeah, I mean, they were together for probably, I would say, like three or four four years if you count the two years of non-committed dating (laughs) I think that so they were together for a while and he's been single the same amount of time basically like that they had been together so Mm. it was really so I was just like yeah that's not really my thing this is the first time I've ever dated before I got into a relationship like I said Mm. usually it was like but I also think that that's different because um, we were friends first so there was that easy yeah. transition. But when you're dating people that you don't know organically, it's very yeah. difficult to find a balance between dating and being in a relationship. It's like a super struggle. Right. And I think well, that yeah, that's, and like, that's like the that's the weird thing with like online dating now, as we speak, as we imagine on one. But uh, <laughs> there was a different right. scenario, like three dozen miles in between why that didn't work out. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just interesting because I've never understood like the necessity to like skip steps when it comes to online dating. Where, look, I obviously don't know much about you outside of whatever you said on your profile and what we discussed via text message. 
there's no way for us to move any further if I don't know a lot about you. And I feel like that's just not going to happen within a month or so. Yeah. I'm just being realistic. It's, but, yeah. And I think that the, it's an unrealistic expectation for someone to say, yeah. hey, I want to tell me your whole life story. And when you're just like, I'm just not comfortable, people get offended. It's like, listen, yeah. I don't think you're a serial killer. I just don't think it's necessary for you to know anything about me. I mean. Right. You know, um, when me and my best friend were dating and like using the apps and things like that, both of us, uh, like I said, I'm an advocate for sexual assault and domestic violence, and I also have a master's in criminal justice, where I specialized in crimes against women and children, more specifically like sex crimes. So I'm very, I'm very Mm -hmm. well versed in um, predators and offenders. Right. So it's like listen this is this is what I do it's not it's not personal (laughs) just I know better than to you know and people get so offended don't they I know you get it a lot with the don't wanting not wanting to share social media how me and you got each other's social media is beyond me then (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah but yeah so and like I totally get that like if somebody told me that it would just make me curious it wouldn't make me angry um, but I can see right. how it can be frustrating for the other person because they're like, hey, I'm trying to show you parts of my life, but you don't want to show me that part of your life. Why? Like, what are you hiding? And OK, from a female perspective, it is a little like weird. I'll be honest with you, because sometimes it's like. Uh, we're always paranoid that we we really don't want to be the side chick. <laughs> like, We really don't want to be that's, that way. That's that's a fair point, you know. Oh, so you should, so should I just then preface by saying like, look, I haven't been in a relationship in 10 years. There's no need to worry about another woman. It's like, wait, now you've been single for 10 years. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah, what's wrong? It's like, it's called a choice. Yeah. Like I said, relationships yeah. are a choice. They're a luxury. Yeah. Because they are expensive. <laughs> <laughs> ah, nice. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, it just hit me, and I was just like, oh, yeah. And I texted my boyfriend. I was like, hey, how about next week we make pizzas? <laughs> nice. Buying them is... is expensive. You know? Yeah. Eating out is expensive. <laughs> Going to the movies is a waste of money when you have Netflix at home. <laughs> Right. Well, it depends on the movie. Like, it depends on your patience. I also have a collection of DVDs, so I'm fine. I can find something that will entertain me. But, mm, but yeah, and, and it's true though. It's it's a choice, and people need to understand that it's not it's not a mandate. And just because you want to possibly pursue a relationship with me, does not mean you get to have access to everything. You know, I watch Dateline. Men are crazy. Women are crazy, too. I just got over watching the right. Elena Bobbitt thing, and I'm just like, whoa. Mm. <laughs> but, you know, so we have to be careful. And in this day and age where it was it was harder to be a stalker when our parents were growing up because they didn't have Internet access. <laughs> <laughs> right. So they couldn't, like, pinpoint somebody's um, – they couldn't pinpoint someone's um, – like location. location now people Anything. have to go ghost mode on snapchat and and yes. things like that like i don't know like i don't know it's like and it's interesting because it's odd because i do work in social media so i do understand the concept of being social but then i think there's also like a difference when i'm getting to know someone like i don't want you to know 
everything about me by the time I get there. And don't get me wrong, social media isn't going to tell you everything. Oh, you're just going to know the entire blueprint. Like, where's the fun in like getting to know? The oh person my god, you're just going to know all the info. <laughs> do you do you watch Orville? On um, I think it's no, Fox. but I've I've heard, I've heard good things about it. There was an episode, right? So, um, the doctor on the ship falls in love with the robot on the ship. The robot's name is Isaac, nice. and he has all these like amazing capabilities. And they go on a first date, and he knows everything about her because he's he's a robot and he's basically yeah. a Google machine. And he was like, yeah. "I tapped into your personal databases, and now I know everything about you." <laughs> and then she was like, "What's the fun in that? You don't get to know someone. Yeah. You don't get to know what what irks them or their pet peeves." And then so she had him. He goes, "I have deleted all that data." tell me some more about yourself (laughs) you know because a lot of the times you can't unsee those things and unpurge that you know um right I remember one time I went out with I didn't actually go out with this person and I didn't go out with them (laughs) for this specific reason so it goes back to like the finding a flaw in something and then just moving on and I was okay with this so we had matched on a dating app we exchanged numbers we spoke for a bit then she found me on LinkedIn and I was like, wait, hold on. One, how, how the fuck did you find? Yes, because <laughs> I use Tony on dating apps. I don't use Anthony. So that means you went an extra step further. <laughs> you went on LinkedIn and you just went, you searched for, I'm assuming every Anthony that worked at this company, found me and then clicked the profile. I was like, look, if you're going to stalk, stalk correctly. Do stalk- it offline so then your profile name doesn't pop up. <laughs> right, so and so look at your profile. <laughs> yes. Like, geez, like be <laughs> Come on, it, people. It's it's, it, it's <laughs> weird that I'm more obsessed. Like, look, you could have at least done a better job of hiding yourself. So for that, that's a no from me. That's an entire uh, that was accurate, I'm not gonna lie. I just found that it's like, oh, you just went a step further than I've ever gone into wanting to find things about someone. I'll just do a Facebook profile and just make sure it's cool. And I understand also um, this other uh, catfishing. That makes sense. I get if at some point you've been catfished, the last thing you want to do is like trust the next person you match with. Like, no, we need to do like some FaceTime or something just to make sure. Yeah, that stuff is totally cool. But checking your LinkedIn profile is psychotic because if you think about it, I could lie on that too. The company doesn't have to agree that I work there. Like I, yeah, could, I could have could, gone over, all yeah. of that could have been fake. So she just did herself right. a disservice by looking crazy <laughs> and really yeah. not getting anything out of it. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Right. Like they always tell you, do not go snooping or or lurking unless you're ready to take on the responsibility for your your own emotions. Choose you right. if you find what you're kind of looking for. Right? Like yeah that's weird when me and my ex broke up it was an agreement that like if you want to keep some of the pictures on your profile that's cool just change the caption before that wasn't an option so right now we can you know and i which was a stupid idea because then i got like 100 notifications that he had changed the caption (laughs) on all those photos that's interesting because i know like the thing with me is that i haven't had to worry about doing the in a while and this was like back in the myspace days that's the last time i had relationship photos on a profile oh my god did you have her listed in your bio (laughs) nope did i i don't remember taken in a relationship oh my gosh see i've technically never had to do that 
in the social media like lifestyle because when I was on Facebook we were in a relationship I guess for like whatever amount of time I had the profile which was a couple of months so yeah I had to worry about that once back in oof, wow okay 2007 yes 2007 yes so that's been such a long time I don't even know what it's like to change that or have to worry about deleting images or whatnot so yeah I I wouldn't even know how to handle all of that but I would say that whenever I do get into a relationship I know I'm not going to be a poster of content I'll probably do stories yeah I mean it's so funny but not tag them in it and I I can't tag them in it because then that's just going to lead all of my friends to then do research it's like wait are they friends like I just know my friends are gonna find her somehow. <laughs> you have a lot more female friends than male friends, I can tell. <laughs> I do, yes. That's what that's why I already know. Like I, I I have enough female friends to know what's gonna happen. Yeah. Like, I've i like friends of mine have told me like, yeah, so I was able to find this guy with like two amount of information. It's like what the name and school? It's like, yes. It's like what? That, that's, that's 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 quick. That, that's it. Oh yeah. Like I need more than that. It's, it's not a so, game, Tony. Yeah. No, no, I'm not saying We're it is. I'm not saying it is. It's just We're yes. <laughs> Me and my best friend can find a guy on less than that. I can find people's just a name. Oh yeah. She didn't even have this guy's name. She just kind of knew where he lived. She just kind of knew where he lived. Okay. First of all, it was a huge debacle. Um, she basically okay. got run over by some guy who stole her car oh so and she didn't even she met him off of a dating app well a hookup app i'll be more specific and she didn't know what his name was and she was going to report it to the police obviously he stole her car and all her stuff so um she did all she had was kind of where he lived um and and a phone number that wasn't even his phone number mind you and i found him a 10 mile <laughs> 10 mile radius i found him <laughs> and i found out what his name was and and his address or like the last known address because there's a search engine online that lists people's addresses that are registered um you have to request that your name gets removed for it to uh, get okay. taken off but um it's kind I'm of like taking notes here too already. <laughs> I'll text. I'll. It's called fast people search. <laughs> oh. <laughs> In case you guys are wondering, you know. Um, great. That way you great, can great, request great, that your great. name get taken off these search engines. Um, there's a form to fill out online. Just Google it. Because um, for me and her, we do advocacy work and we work with victims, so it's important for us not to be listed on these sites. And uh, same thing with my sure. friends who are cops and things like that. It's bad for them to be listed. Mm. Um, oh, for sure. But um, but yeah. So we can find a lot of information very quickly, and and that's kind of the reason why I'm I'm holding back a lot in this relationship, um, is because I don't think that that's necessary. Um, plus, I want to enjoy the moments we're together versus trying to record them. That was one of my main pet right. peeves with my ex. He was always putting. Mm. Okay, first of all, okay, I totally don't blame him because at first when we first started dating, um, he would go to the same places with his friends and post it all over social media, like mostly Snapchat. I mean, just endless Snapchat. Yeah. That he's like, yeah. oh, I'm here with my friends or whatever. But when me and him would go hang out, he wouldn't. And like, mm. and I just, I got super offended. And I was like, that's not cool. You know, like we're together and like dating and this is like, but 
we're friends too and I just felt like I was less important I guess in that aspect and then he just kicked it into overdrive and just it just was almost eventually it just got too unbearable because uh I just I don't know I just don't like people commenting on my relationship now I've grown up a lot since then and I just don't find it appropriate like people like I said me and my now boyfriend went to high school together so people know me people know him but nobody knows we're together which is really cool I think that's really fun (laughs) because you know we go out together you know and it's not like we hide that we're in a relationship it's not like we don't hold hands or we you know sit a seat away from each other or whatever yeah or don't show affection but you know it's old school dating yeah but we've run into people we know and well first of all I'm not really that recognizable if I showed you my high school picture like my graduation picture I look nothing like that anymore so he's easier you guys are easier to recognize to be honest women we change our looks so much we change our fashion sense we change our hair constantly well that is not true I have long hair right now and I usually have short hair so that is my only distinction that's not true I still look the same (laughs) I try don't fight it (laughs) but yeah and like last night we ran into somebody we went to high school with I he was more in that popular kid crowd and I wasn't so so I don't think they recognized me they just thought oh he's with his girlfriend Mm. and I just thought fascinating <laughs> like, like good <laughs> yeah and that's how it should be we should go back to that yeah you know people want to be posted on social media like that meme is like you guys posted all about your relationship i want to know how you guys broke up what happened did he cheat like yes, exactly. <laughs> i'm invested yeah. in this relationship too <laughs> i invested in likes comments like i need closure too. reactions on instagram <laughs> yes exactly and you know and that's cool with me originally that would not have been cool with me you know but mm. now it is is because that's it's called a private life for a reason and yeah. a lot of people I think mistake that for like being uh, emotionally unavailable it's like why don't you want people to know about you it's like I'm sorry we go out in public we hold hands because like I don't understand how I'm like embarrassed of you and I'm not being available to your emotions well I think it also goes to like people have like when they have like hashtag relationship goals oh. or goals in general. <laughs> so I think that's where it comes from. Like you'll see like a couple doing something. It's like, oh, we should be doing that. It's like, and it's always when they see couples doing that, it's always like famous couples. It's like that's not the same thing. Like you can't equate your relationship to celebrities. It also has to do with uh, people who have issues with jealousy, I think. Ooh, ooh, and that's like the topic that's right next to this one. It's great. But we're not getting into that. But yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's no. another aspect, I think. But you know, there's just there's a plethora yeah. of reasons why that's but that's what I'm saying. I feel like our generation is struggling so much with relationships because of social media, unfortunately. Yeah. It's both a gift and a curse. <laughs> and I For think sure. that we just have to be realistic. And you know, going into a relationship with like no expectations or low expectations and then learning about how that other person is in relationships, I think is a very beautiful way to connect with somebody, you know? And yeah, I think when you have like too much high expectations or something that might be unrealistic, sure. You're going to find reasons why it doesn't work out because you had like, you expected this and then you didn't get that. 
Yeah. And like, it, if, I'm not saying like going with no expectations or low expectations, but just sort of let it happen. Yeah, I think the difference is expectations of that person as as you know being like like a five a five point list, faithful, right. available, you yeah. know, caring, Oof. you know. Yeah. Well, not available, but you get yeah. what I'm saying, like. Yeah, I got you. Like. <laughs> you guys actually spend time together <laughs> yeah it's not like a e-romance um right or and you know that you enjoy their company things like that that's that's the expectation i think you should bring into a relationship True. is just like that small little bundle of hey like we like each other like let's see what happens not you know boyfriends are supposed to do this girlfriends are supposed to do that it's not it's that's not reality because everybody is different my ex was right. obsessed with romantic comedies and thought like lavishing me with gifts was amazing. And like, that's what he's supposed to do. And that, that, but doing that necessitates me reacting in a certain way. Um, and it's like, well, first of all, I don't like it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's ugly. <laughs> Second of all, it's like, you can't anticipate somebody. You shouldn't do something for someone if you're anticipating a, uh, a pre-rehearsed reaction. Like, I don't buy my boyfriend things. Or I don't do things for him because I anticipate that he's going to, like, confess his deepest feelings for me. First of all, I know that's not going to happen. He's emotionally unavailable. No, <laughs> not going to happen. No, how dare you? That's, that's an unrealistic expectation. And that's what I'm yes. saying, though. People need to be more on par with that. And I think that it would help so many people in their relationships that they're in because they feel so trapped into silence. Like, cause they don't, yeah. they don't want to not be the cookie cutter version of a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a significant other. And it's, it's such a struggle and we're so young, you know, like yeah. we're so young and that's not fair. And I think that what sucks too, is that we grew up in this age with social media and, and all of these issues and it pushes, it pushes us in that direction. Why we need constant contact immediacy. We expect immediate like results and satisfaction from people because that's what we were taught. You Google something, you get an answer, don't you? So when you text somebody, you yeah. want an answer. <laughs> like, true, it's that same <laughs> principle. And I think that we need to all take a step back and think, okay, what is healthy for me? But also what's healthy for the other person I'm dating or I'm in a relationship with or I'm seeing? Because it, we've become kind of selfish, I think. And that, I'll admit you know. that I'm selfish sometimes. Like, I only think about how me, how somebody is doing affects me. And I'm not thinking of why are they doing this? Something could be going on with them. And I'm totally ignoring what's wrong with their situation and just focusing on how I feel. I don't know. I just think we all have a lot of growing up to do before we get into relationships. And I think everybody's emotionally unavailable and available in different ways. And it's not just you're not emotionally unavailable I don't think I think you just take oh thanks I just think you also need time to thaw <laughs> and to deep yeah and to defrost <laughs> I thought I'm sorry uh, yeah, that's, yeah that is a really that is a really <laughs> creative yet accurate way to describe that right like oh I, I like it yeah like like listen I and and as soon as he said that I relaxed and I was like okay it's not personal it's him he has to go through this process and I respect that For he sure. had, you know, the decency to tell me that like, hey, I'm opening up my heart, but it's a little frozen still. Um, so we're going to let it thaw out and, and defrost. <laughs> I like it. You just leave it out for a bit. See how long it takes. Yeah. See, I mean, you know, when your mom tells you to take the chicken out of the fridge, the freezer, and you forget, you know, sometimes, sometimes yeah, people get like, their oh, hearts no, left in the How do we rush freezer. this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
That's a perfect way to think about it. Um, but yeah, I was trying to figure out the best way to sort of end the combo, but I did like that. But I guess like as someone who feels like they're above and beyond emotionally available and dating someone who is the complete opposite, like what would be like your, not say words of wisdom, but sort of like thoughts around that? Oh, patience, number one. Mm. Be patient with them. It's not, it's not their fault. And it's not your fault either. Neither one of you is wrong to feel how you feel, but you have to be patient and willing to, to compromise. If you're not willing to compromise and be patient, then you should just pick up your little bag and head right back out the door you came in <laughs> because it's not going to work. True. But I think. And I would say, like, one thing for emotionally unavailable people is to like work on being responsible for your emotions. Because mm-hmm. even though it may be difficult to express them, if you're not able to understand how your emotions or how you deal with them affects other people, then there's no way for you to technically grow through that. Yeah, there's no way to, to change. If yeah. you're not, you're not, a, I wouldn't say attacking them, but you know, like unpacking them. <laughs> yeah. And that's sort of like this, what I'm like learning th- through therapy. Like I know I'm not going to be able to tell people everything and I'm still finding it difficult to tell my therapist things too, because she's the listener and I'm used to being the listener. It's like, wait, I have to talk. Talk about myself how do I deflect these questions but yeah like I know that's something that's not gonna yes we've been working on this now for like three four months and I'm still working through that now so it's like it's just always going to be a process but being willing to be open to that would sort of help whoever else and I'm not saying like everyone yes everyone should go through therapy at some point or another especially if you're emotionally unavailable because there's no way for you to deal with your emotions in a relationship if you can at least open up to one person. Yeah. And, you know, you can't house that all in one in yourself because that's dangerous too. Right. Kind of, it's just about learning and growing. That's it, period. It's just learning and growing. You just, and pe- like I said, patience. You have to be patient with each other. You know? Um, yeah. That's the true expression, I think, of love is being able to be patient with someone. Because mm. we all have our right. faults. We're not all perfect. Yeah, but I do want to say thanks for taking this, well, an hour and a half phone call. But <laughs> <laughs> You are welcome. <laughs> and, and, you're, and you're three hours behind, so. Oh, yeah, that's right. You still have, you still have a full day ahead of you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're, I do have a full day. I have laundry to do, so that should be exciting. <laughs> well, there you go. All right. It was fun. Thank you. You are welcome, sir. I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. (laughs) (laughs) See ya. Bye.